0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the festival custom. After they had completed its days as they were returning, the boy, Jesus, remained behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Thinking that he was in the caravan, they journeyed for a day and looked for him among their relatives and acquaintances, but not finding him, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting amidst the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, and all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and men. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus Christ. Fun fact. I love these few facts so that way when you're at cocktail parties, you can be the nerd of the group and share your wealth of knowledge. What is the biggest church in the Middle East? What is it called and where is it? The biggest, in fact, it's not just the biggest Catholic church, but it's the biggest Christian church in all of the Middle East. Does anyone know where it is? It's in Nazareth, called the Basilica of the Annunciation. It is this massive basilica built over the house of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. It's a beautiful site. If you walk in, you actually you walk in the first level. It's, uh, it's built on the side of a hill, so when you walk in, you actually walk in on the second story. And so when you walk in, you walk to this massive church, and then in the center of the church, there's this massive, there's a huge circle, a huge hole. So you can look down on the bottom level. And on the bottom level of the, of the Basilica of the Annunciation, there's a cave. In front of the cave, of course, there's always an altar, remember the altar is the center of our churches because of what happens upon the altar. And on the altar, in written in Latin, it says, And the word was made flesh here. Because it's the house of the holy family. What makes a family holy? You ever wonder that question? And it's not by accident, by the way, that after the the great feast or celebration, we celebrate on Christmas, the first Sunday within the the season of Christmas is the Holy Family. Now, great for us because remember, our main church is named after the Holy Family. That's our, that's our, that's the name of our, uh, of our parish. And the Holy Family is our patrons. So what marks a family as holy, like this family is holy, this family is not holy and the clues now begins to, un- uh, begins to show itself when we hear the sacred scripture today. What makes a family holy? First clue. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. Why? Why? Why are they there? Ah, because they're practicing Jews. Remember, if you're a practicing Jew in the first century, you are required, no matter where you lived in the empire... You had to twice a year go all the way to Jerusalem to celebrate these great feasts. And so that's why it says here, each year, the parents of Jesus went to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. When he was just 12 years old. That's the first clue. Do you remember when, before Mary and Joseph were married, And Joseph discovered that Mary was pregnant. Do you remember what his response was? It said that Joseph tried to divorce Mary quietly in order to save her from scandal. And in a dream, an angel appeared to Joseph and said to him, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary into your home, for the child within her was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. And what did Joseph do? says, okay, God, I'll receive Mary into my home. Second clue of what makes a family holy. Third clue. Now, remember when Mary was just 15 years old and all of a sudden in Nazareth, where that massive now church of the Annunciation is, is built upon, an angel now appears to Mary. And in that beautiful scene of the Annunciation, it says to Mary, Mary, you will, in your womb, you will conceive and bear a son, a son which will be called the Son of the Most High. What did Mary say in response to this? Let it be done according to your word. Thirdly, Mary says yes. And Jesus conceived now in her womb. What makes a family holy? Fourth clue. Now let's fast forward. We are now in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus knows exactly what's about to happen to him. And if you remember in the gospel descriptions, it says that the intensity of his prayer and his suffering was so massive that he began to sweat blood. And he cried out in prayer, Father, If it's possible, let this cup pass for me. But not my will. Be done. Right there. Do you begin to see a pattern? What makes a family holy? It is a family where every member strives to do and to discover the will of God in their lives. There it is. That is what makes a family holy. What is the Father's will for me in this family? What is my will now as a husband, as a father, as a son or a daughter? What is my will now? What does God ask of me in my life in this family? All of the adventure of family life is rooted in that question. What is the will for us there? Again, why, why does that make a family holy? Again, harken back. Use, always use Genesis as the backdrop for the mysteries of, of Christianity. What was the devil's problem? What was his problem? Non servium. I will not serve, the devil says. I will not do the will of God. What is Adam and Eve's problem? What did they do wrong? Oh, God said I out to eat of that tree? Forget you, God. I'll do it myself. Do you see the problem? And here is a, here's the a heart of every human conflict again, and, and I'm open to be corrected by this, but I've, I've reflected upon it mightily and, and deeply over the years. And I think we can boil down all human conflict, even, even our own conflicts that we have with one another, and conflicts between husband and wife and children, and conflicts between In in states and in cities, even on the macro level of entire nations and civilizations, when there's conflict, all human conflict could be be boiled down to this reality. It's an attempt for one side to assert their will over the other. Do you see that in every human conflict? Rightly or wrongly, whoever is right or wrong in in whatever conflict it is, but it's the attempt of one side to assert their will over the other. And the reason why we fight is because the other does not want that will to be done. And so, therefore, human conflict. Do do you see that? And that can be as as, as simple as on the breakfast table, I want pancakes for breakfast. And the other side says, no, we're going to have bacon for breakfast. And then the ensuing fighting happens. Or on the level of states. China versus the United States. What is that battle about? China's attempt to assert its will on the world scene. In order to to unsettle the United States, whose will now dominates and permeates the world. Do you see that? Every single human conflict, every single battle that you and I have between husbands and wife and kids, do you see that? It is my will now Versus your will. Conflict. And so the question of what makes a family holy. And I'll end here on this point because I know we have to hurry up and get back to shoveling snow. I know you're eager to do that. Ask yourself, rather than first asserting, what is my will here? Like, Lord... What is your will for this situation? How am I called now to love the people you've given me so we may discover your will for us? Right there is what separates a family from being holy and from just being everything else.